0: The following program is presented by the HTM Podcast Network. And thegorillaposition.com, telling the stories of pro wrestling storytellers.
1: Welcome to another episode of Turnbuckle Talk, powered by the Gorilla Position.com and a proud part of the Roar Network, and presented by the Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast Network. We are sponsored by Caller and Elbow where you can get 10% off when using promo code JK Podcast at the checkout, and in partnership with Hype where you can get 15% off all your e juice for your vape using promo code JK Podcast. Also this week, please welcome our newest sponsor, Silly Rabbit Vape Shop, located in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario, Canada. If you mention Turnbuckle Talk, you will get a discount on your vape juice and any hardware that you buy there as well. We can be found on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching at TB Talk Pod. As always, I am Big Joe. This week, we are uh, sans Carl Carafel, but in his place, I have two special guests. First off, we have from the grillposition.com, Mr. Ryan K. Bowman. Welcome back, sir.
0: Good to be back, Joe. I'm sorry that Carl isn't here, but uh, I see that we've been joined by one of my fellow partners in crime.
1: Yes, absolutely. From the Hitting the Merch Pro podcast, the flagship show from the HTM Network, Mr. Rick Vickery. Welcome back, sir.
2: When, when you want your ratings the highest they're ever going to be, you call me the art of the beat of the beat. Rick Vickery back once again on Turnbuckle Talk. Uh, but a little bit of the background real quick. as Joe so politely mentioned there? Yes, I am a, a proud out co host on the flagship program on the uh, htm podcast network the hitting mark pro wrestling podcast you can check out all of our amazing content almost almost every day of the week now over at hitting the marks.com. big joe ryan great to be with you to, to talk about what i'm what i've seen here a little bit is going to be one heck of a run
1: mm-hmm. starting off with a real interesting
2: tell you guys before we get started yeah
0: it, it's a big day for me because i've been listening to you guys' shows religiously nice. and they've just been getting better and better every time out so I'm very very happy to be on with both you
1: guys. Absolutely. Well, we're starting with a big one right off the back because uh, initially we were looking to have you on last week, Ryan, but uh, you know unforeseen circumstances weren't allowed that to happen. So I figured we revisit this topic, and now that we have Rick here as well, I I, I sense a really good uh, uh, discussion about this uh, revisiting our showstopper from last week, and this involves a, a wrestlers union or sort of a governing body for the uh, the workers, the wrestlers in uh, professional wrestling. Now. I will get throw it over first to Mr. Ryan K. Bowman. Uh, I want to get your thoughts on this potentially being something in the works or if it's something that should even happen, and uh, just your overall thought about it.
0: I think uh, anything that you're going to do in terms of unionizing or labor movement in wrestling is, first of all, you're going to have to do it sort of like SAG is out in Hollywood, uh, where you don't necessarily have to be a part of the Screen Actors Guild to be an actor, but the most elite actors are do have a SAG card. So I think at some point what you're going to see is that you will see these elite or major names band together in some sort of cluster, some kind of organized labor movement at some point. Now, whether that's a year from now, five years from now, 10 years from now, but I certainly think that we're headed that direction.
1: And what about you, Rick?
2: Well, you know, this is a topic Ryan and Ryan, right? And I've gone round and round about anyone that's followed anything over, you know, in the discussion group on Facebook with the grill position. We've had some very entertaining, interesting, and, really thought out conversations about this in from both perspectives. And I love how he opened this up here, the comparison to the actors, you know, to the, to the actors union. And I think that's gotta be the number one concern for, you know, someone like WWE is Ryan has laid out there. If you can get that top group that wanted to join into something. So if you get a big group that says, you know what, you are treating us as actors, you've got your own film division and they can, Kind of, I don't want to use the term "leech on," but you know, kind of fall under that umbrella that could be very dangerous for WWE, and that's something that they're trying to avoid here. Uh, again, though, yeah. know, you know, as you go in there's an independent contractor, uh, Joe, Joe, I know you don't do it, but Ryan and I, we work as independent contractors. Mm-hmm. We know the risk. We know the risk we we run at times, and what the faults can be there, and how the letdowns will happen. So you you know that kind of going in there. You're signing that big deal. Also on that, when you're talking about these big elite names, if they come together, I mean, what is the number, Ryan, that you see that would actually make a difference? Because I I see even if it's 20 of them, they're replaceable. They're gone. And a big reason is because WWE, the way they laid it out, you look at this, we don't have true megastars. You saw that faded out with John Cena. Mm -hmm. Roman Reigns is a clogged machine. You know, you don't have a rock a stone cold going back to a hogan you don't have someone that can actually dictate that industry that's the reason they call them all superstars so that you don't think anyone is actually bigger than nor their brand they can replace you that's the reason for 50 50 book
0: i think i think if you answer the numbers question i think you have to have the majority of the top 50 workers if not more i i mean you're going to always have those guys that are you know union busters like i can't see roman or or Somebody like Brock wanting to be part of a labor movement. No, but if you can get that, you know, a good portion of those top name guys, if you can get somebody like a Steph, or you can get somebody <clears throat> the, the first couple bricks have to fall. And then once you have uh, legitimate stars in the business saying, yes, we need to unionize, then I think it'll happen. I, I, um, I think it'll be a lot like a lot. Uh, I think it'll be a mix between like uh, unions in sports and unions in Hollywood. I think you're going to have to find a delicate balance of both.
2: I, I think the only way they get there is if they can get onto that actors' bill, or, you know, whatever that union is there. But uh, I, you know, you meant some of the names you mentioned, like Seth Rollins. He is so replaceable right now. He is cookie cutter. He, you could generate him coming out. They have over 100 employees. If you look at the bottom of that performance center, through NXT, through the Red and Blue, through 205, and all that, he is easily replaceable. They know that. Oh, you now. need
0: 10, 10 or twelve guys of his
2: level at least to get or, something going. Ten or twelve are replaceable then. That's the way they are on this global network here, and then they can also they can also shift too to get away from you know a, an Americanized union if they want. Hey, we'll start running more in the UK or running more areas here in different situations. I I, I do believe somebody like AEW that when they come in and say change the world, change the universe, and even in their own right, you know they haven't they haven't really detailed what that means. When you know if somebody gets hurt in the ring, they'll take care of them. They've kind of rooted towards that. I think that in itself could influence wwe to maybe offer better insurance mm-hmm. but even in the broad scale of things here in the american workforce there's so many protections set forth by the government that starting a brand new union just seems so uh, it seems asinine to me i'm sorry
0: i think in their situation when you have that <clears throat> kind of that that short window for uh, earning power and success and And the type of dollars you're talking about in a short window, I think it's it's asinine on on the part of the business or the performers that it hasn't happened already. Uh, You know, there was a time in 86 when Jesse Ventura talked about everybody should walk out on WrestleMania and form a union. They should have done it then, because when they didn't, they
2: abdicated power back to Vince McMahon. Well, I'd say the only union that's forming then is for the fans because we're already walking out.
1: On the WWE, that's definitely the case.
2: On WWE, on WWE,
1: on WWE. Oh yeah, absolutely. Now, part of uh, the root of where this topic came from is, you know, recently we've been hearing with Impact Wrestling specifically, you know, with Scarlett Bordeaux, Killer Cross, why not getting paid enough to where they need to work a regular job just to, you know, to to keep their head above water. Now, the, the only problem I could kind of see though with this wrestlers union is that when you get into the um, part of where you know we need to have some type of minimum pay or uh, you know some type of acceptable wage to be paid what well, could potentially happen if that number becomes too high you know then when it comes to the indie promotions they could be dead in the water if they can't afford to pay these people to wrestle well, I don't
2: I'll, think in lot of that would apply to the indies I'll say I'll take this one first Ryan. I'll let you have a reply yeah. on that. Uh, and Ryan saw this question coming because I've been beating him down with it for for weeks on this conversation. He he let off with that. It should be about that top one, you know, because when we talk about demons and, and pay and respect and anything, we you know you talk about the NFL, Major League Baseball, NBA, the NHL. You don't really worry about those subdivisions. Uh, and and really, that's what it is. I mean, you got WWE is is the elite, and then you got this great second dance card that is sitting there. It. it and ultimately, when it comes down to like when you're talking about an impact, and now we see this with Killer Cross, and we've seen this with Scarlet and all that, you know, they're talking about uh, our pay's not there. And I and I'm actually going to come to the defense of those promotions here. Mm-hmm. Those individuals are only doing a couple days of work, you know, for taping out. I understand that. I understand what's on the line there. And Ryan and I have both have done this. We've, we've done with trying to get maximizing what you can out of talent for a show. And number one, you know, the number one term you never throw at them is exposure. Because it means you want them to do something for free. They want to talk dollars and cents. Yeah. That's what it's all about. So while they're there, they want to be paid. And in return, they're looking at these things, you know, I'm on television every week and you're selling advertising, you're maximizing that. Why can't you uh, afford to take care of us here? I, I don't I don't agree with how they expose them. That's not the conversation I'm just getting sidetracked with. Again, they know going in, signing that contract, what Impact is about. They know with Anthem what that means to them. It's like, let's bring them on. They're more about production and television and a product that they can easily put out.
0: Yeah, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head. It's sort of like that... Uh chicken and egg thing you know a lot of these kids will sign with a company because they have television because they want to get that exposure they want to get that first contract they want to get on tv then when they're on tv and they start hearing on twitter and facebook oh you're the man oh my gosh i loved your segment and their head gets a little bigger then they're ready to renegotiate Mm -hmm. and and it, it you have to feel for the performers because there's a lot more into wrestling than just getting on a plane and showing up at the building i mean there's gym time there's travel time there's a lot of investment that goes into yourself your gear your your everything of your career is an investment basically your body is an investment so you feel for them that they do have to invest a lot into their own careers and to get there and to do all the things that they do but at the same time like rick said a lot of times i think to get in the door they'll take just about anything but once they're in the house they want a little bit of everything and there there's part of the problem you need some more protections coming in the door to where you're not having these issues yeah. You're
2: really Oh, I'm sorry. I just want to ask Ryan something. Yeah. Uh, Ryan is very close to the situation with Anthem. You know, he has a great working mm-hmm. relationship with Ring of Honor, or not Ring of Honor, I'm sorry, with Impact is we do uh, on HTM Network with Ring of Honor and all that. In that sense, you know, what really is their commitment to, you know, because you know, when, when it was TNA and Dixie promised the world, can you really lay out, Ryan, what the commitment is for Anthem and what they expect from Impact Wrestling?
1: Mm, good question.
2: You know, Anthem. At first,
1: and I've,
0: and I've actually met Mr. Asper, the, the guy that runs Anthem, uh, when I was down in Nashville. And, you know, they seem like they're aggressive and they want to do things and, and they say all the right things. But at the same time, I, I kind of look at that situation right now like I look at Ring of Honors. You have to invest in the product on a week-to-week basis and make it look big league if you want to call yourself big league. And I haven't seen that commitment from Anthem. I mean, this, this network, and I just wrote about this, this, this network situation is ridiculous. When uh, I mean, Pursuit is playing the wrong show <laughs> uh, and the wrong week's episode at a certain time, and the Twitch feed goes down half the time. The other day, they had somebody's Google screen. Whoever was running the feed for Twitch, they opened a second window that was a Google window in the middle of the That's inexcusable for a, <clears throat> what is supposed to be one of the top wrestling companies in the world. Um, theirs were attention to detail and a little bit of more that uh, that moolah. I think being invested in the product, which give me some signs that Anthem really wants it. But yeah, as far as the lip service that I've heard and and all that they say and do, they say some of the right things, they do a few good things, but not enough for me to be considering them at one time. <laughs> which right now, ironically, they went to try to be number two a long time ago, and failed because they had a bad on-screen product. Now they have a great on-screen product, but they're failing because nobody's getting to see it.
1: You know, and you had uh, just made a hint at, uh, at Rick and I know you and Jargo mentioned this several times um, over on your show that uh, with the Ring of Honor, it's just seemingly just cheap uh, syndicated television for Sinclair. Could you just uh, imagine if they actually put some real backing and some some real money behind this? You know, then you could be you could have something really significant, right? Potentially.
2: Well, yeah, but you know, Ring of Honor was. Ring of Honor was never intended to be, you know, where Ryan had mentioned, like when it was TNA, they were really shooting to be competition. They, they had the hopes of what we hear now with AEW. Ring of Honor was never intended to be that. People forget that. Sinclair so would, well, maybe from the get go, you know, with, uh, who, who was it, Featherstein or Featherstein? They got it with all the Einstein. problems. Yeah. Yeah, Rob yeah. Feinstein. Feinstein. Almost don't even <laughs> give him any kind of. No pun intended rub or, or mention because, you know, everything <laughs> yeah. that went down there. But when Sinclair took that over, it was meant to be it was meant to be cheap syndication. And that's what Ring of Honor is about. Now, they do have to find an identity because now they're trying to be everything to everybody. They're all over the place. That's another conversation. But Ring yep. of Honor was never shooting to be one of those standout promotions. They always wanted to be, you know, that that second that lower second and all that. Now the issue with that there is now you've got AEW, you've got Impact Wrestling, you've got Major League Wrestling, you've got New Japan. All these people positioning themselves for that that spot on that dance floor. I don't know, you know, who's going to survive through 20, you know, through 2020 with this. Yep,
1: the landscape has changed a lot, and we're going to see. Uh, this year is going to be. There's going to be a lot of movements and changes. I think by the time we get to this year, we might there'll be some interesting discussions going on for sure. Now, I actually have this topic further down the list, but since she got mentioned here, I might as well I'll bump her up here. Uh, Scarlett Bordeaux being released from uh, the company, uh, seemingly under good terms here. What's next for her? Because I would imagine Vince is going to be drooling all over her, right? Well,
0: I don't know. I mean, Vince has so many pretty girls now. I mean, and, and that's not a shot at Scarlett, but I mean, you know, there's a lot of pretty blondes in wrestling these days. And, you know, I thought she had a great – obviously, she had a great look. She had a great thing going in Impact, yep. the smoke show thing. I've seen the metrics not only on my side, but I know from Impact's side of things, any YouTube clip with her drew huge numbers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because obviously, guys like pretty girls, you know, and, and guys who watch wrestling like pretty girls. Um, and she was doing really well. I, I don't know why they couldn't have worked something out because they've got a lot – Impact, as much as they have some great talent, there's a little bit of dead weight on that roster that they could probably have cut. To keep mm-hmm. somebody like her, because literally this year, earlier this year, to start 2019, she was one of the hottest names they had, and and actually mm-hmm. one of the hottest young names in wrestling.
1: Yeah, a lot of people, a lot of people that were just mentioning Impact, she was one of the first names that would come up. Yeah, literally, yeah.
2: Well, she most certainly caught fire, and you know a lot of that is due to that in such a PC culture today, they let her go that little bit of risque. They were they were pushing that envelope, they were taking you right to the edge. Uh, As Ryan kind of pointed out, there, you know, if you're Vince McMahon, you don't need her to execute that. You've got you've got a a, how many dozens of beautiful young women you could run out there in that same position. I will suggest though, if she does sign with WWE, we should tag team her with Sasha Banks and call them the Spank (laughs) Bank. Everybody's going to be eating that up. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) But, but but Somebody said Lacey, team
0: her with Lacey and call him smoking mirrors.
2: <laughs> oh, I, I, I like that as well. But but you know, the gimmick could be applied Oh, Jesus. The gimmick could be the gimmick could be applied anywhere. And then there also is, you know, the question of you know, when we're talking about those other mid majors, uh, you know, especially like an AEW that's out here saying, you know, we're we're they are very Liberal progressive in the way they are marketing right now. Yep. Are they going to go with someone that is over sexualizing women that is using their bodies just to get ahead? I think that kind of defeats the purpose of everything they're promoting. So I don't know if that's an avenue for her. Maybe a repackager where she's come out. She's just like the goody goody. You know, uh, going back to uh, Molly Holly, like when she was with the right to censor or something like that, that switches everything. I don't ever Sorry, but whoever went with the right to censor. I'm not sure what her. I'm not sure what her value is in the market outside of major indie shows. Bringing her in just you know to get that that indie the no pun intended. Yeah. Pop.
0: yeah, yeah. I I I don't know. I mean, I I think there's more of a chance we'll see a strip uh, tease from Sunny Kiss in AEW than we will Scarlet. <laughs> I'll just put it that way.
1: <laughs> okay, so going from that to. So a little bit of WWE talk. We're going to actually have a fair amount of WWE talk here. Let's talk some NXT. And this is actually something based off of something I saw at the gorillaposition.com since we have Ryan here. NXT being used the right way these days, or are they still kind of being perceived as development? Or are they, or, or is this a full-on third brand now?
2: Well, actually, you know, I've been pushing for a while. Uh, <clears throat> probably, you know, even since damn near after we started the Hitting Marks Pro Wrestling podcast that we should acknowledge NXT as a separate entity and WWE has done this for themselves for a long time You know, it's WWE means red blue and 205 and then there's NXT and they purposely do that They know this in their marketing. They know there's a lot of you know, just your 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 darlings or your hardcore fans that Resent what they get out of sports entertainment So they created the NXT brand within itself and moved it away a little bit from development to kind of feed that consumers needs They've been doing that, and it's just recently here, like when maybe like the s- last like six months, or just you know going maybe you know through 2019, heading into the takeover WrestleMania, where like Triple H himself has really acknowledged, we are different. We are something beyond what you're going to see. Red and Blue 205. You need to pay attention to us and think of us in a different light.
1: But you're right.
0: Yeah, I think it's interesting. We've seen a lot of main roster. I say I think we we've seen a lot of main roster guys now you know go back down and and we've seen tyler and and fandango and and i guess apollo cruz is heading back to nxt now Mm -hmm. um you know it it really does feel like now it's that it's that third entity it's that third wheel i guess in the company where you know people can kind of go and and restart their engines in some ways the ecw of the company now if you want to compare the old days of the brands where guys either go to get discovered or get seen for the first time or they go back to uh to redo, to recreate themselves and reinvent their careers. Um, if that's what NXT is, that's fine. And I actually agree with Rick. I think that's that's a great way to use it. I think I think it, it's been proven by the quality in the ring that NXT is a major league brand. There's no doubt about that. Now yeah. the question is, do the audience ever buy into them not being the developmental that's,
1: territory? That's the thing where I think some of the confusion and, and some of the division happens. Is you know you have like essentially two different markets that you're catering to there. And it just, everybody's saying, Oh, how great NXT is. And then they, we hear that term of them being called up to their SmackDown on a And then we see how dismal things go there. So like the perception is that this is a call up, but then it seems like almost like you're like a step down and now having come back to NXT, it just, it, it, it's, it just becomes very kind of confusing. I think for people who, unlike us are really paying attention.
2: Right, you know, I've abandoned that term "call up" a long time. ago. Oh yeah, it, 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 it irritates Jargo over the hitting marks pro wrestling. <laughs> Me too. I correct him every yeah. it, he, every time he says that I correct him. I say no. It's just a move. You know, quit calling it a call up because, like you said, he, you're kind of defining them in that AAA role. You don't really need to have that there. It, and they do have two touring brands. You know, they got that feature that stays in Florida, which is more of let's get you used to working camera angles, our live audience, how you're doing things. They kind of separate that from what we really see on, you know, the North American uh, NXT. So maybe more of that development should even go to the UK. Let people go over there, work in front of that audience, get that television before they come to the major NXT. Uh, but again, I like that they're, start, they're starting to – to expand a little bit more running their own shows where they're not a lead into a wwe you know a red or blue uh marquee event on a sunday you got to get you got to get away from that you, you got to st- start building those defenses there and, and one thing that we've always talked about on the first podcast is you know why aren't they directing people to nxt on raw and smackdown thinking about it here mm-hmm. that would be the work move oh yeah <laughs> The worst thing in, in WWE is when Michael Cole tries to tell you that something is cool because it, it's, uh. it's not. Not throw it in the trash. No. They shouldn't even be mentioning NXT on the red and blue. You want it to be its own entity. You just want people to find it and let it grow here. And I think what really what really fueled this—we're our own brand thing—to cater to that consumer. Is because they know they know this growing demand, these people that are gravitating towards what all elite wrestling is, and that is simply incredible. They know that people want wrestling to be cool again, and they know they can't do that with the red and blue. T
0: thing real quick, yeah. Uh, on the NXT thing real quick, I think the, the only thing that really keeps them from being considered that legitimate third brand is they're on the network, and the other two shows are on regular television. If they were on cable, had an hour every week on cable then I think you hear people stop using the term calling them up, and it would be more like a lateral move to go from one show to the next. But I, I agree yeah. all the way around with what you guys' sentiments are.
1: Uh, Rick, you had mentioned uh, Michael Cole. Uh, I like to, to kind of, the way I look at him, he's he's the, uh, the guy who's wearing a, uh, trying to be cool wearing a Metallica shirt and has never listened to a single song by them, trying to be cool. To me, that that's my impression, and that's how I feel about Michael Cole. Like, like Rick had said, he, when he's telling you something is cool, it's probably not. Yeah, we've uh, yeah, seen I... some of his previous hairstyles. Yeah. <laughs>
2: The, the the worst thing the worst thing I heard was two weeks ago I was just playing one of the I was playing one of the matches from Battle on the Border Pro Wrestling where I do the where I provide the play by play lead the commentary through some things and somebody came over was kind of interested in, I'm gonna let you know, people that are interested in wrestling you know I want to facilitate conversation I want to spread the word bring people in I, I want wrestling to be cool again I want to be able to go out and just randomly have conversations with strangers about what's going on and, and hopefully you know that they think you know the position that you know the three of us are in where We've got websites and podcasts and articles and, and all this, you know, this great aspect of what's going on. They have these conversations. And the gentleman's like, oh, are you trying to be the next Michael Cole? I <laughs> closed my laptop, put my, put, my <laughs> put everything away, and I said, you know what? I might just hang up everything. I might just be out of the game.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. So now going from that to as we're recording here tonight, uh, when you hear this, it's going to be tu- it's going to be Tuesday. Stomping grounds is going to happen tonight. Now, now leading up to this, um, I shared this on my, my personal social media page and it was, uh, essentially a map of the arena where the event's going to be happening. Now, keep in mind that I, I haven't checked currently to see how much uh, that has changed, but, uh, you could see essentially where each seat had been purchased for, for, for a ticket. And the whole one side of the arena is com- completely empty. um, just this whole thing—it just it feels like just nobody cares about the show. Like just, there's there's no, it just it feels like just don't. Like, when you look at the card for this, like it just it looks like a Monday night rock card.
0: Yeah, it's it's. I, I mean, I'm hoping that there were a sale on pipes and drapes there in Tacoma <laughs> because they're going to be uh, blacking out about half of that arena based on tarps. Just the, the diagram you sent, Joe, and I don't really think. Obviously, they'll paper some of it, mm-hmm. um, you know, and and give away to local radio stations, TV stations. They do that in every town. Yeah. But at a certain point, there's just there's just no making up for the fact that you can give away tickets all you want. And if people still don't want free tickets, that means they just don't want to come to your show. Mm-hmm. And I think we're getting to that point with WWE. I mean, the last live show that I saw here locally, it was just a house show. It was a raw house show and it was a miserable experience. It's boring. Um, You know, even I, I just I can't anticipate that there's really a lot of buzz around this show in the greater
2: Tacoma area today. You know, I really, to touch kind of what Ryan said You talk about the live event experience. I talk about this all the time. You know, this is what I do. This is what I do for my mark job. This is what I do every day. And I'm out there marketing live events, trying to bring those experiences to that next level, to bring those consumers in where they want more. They are hungry. They do nothing in WWE for this. Right now, they're they're just kind of laying back there, hoping that you see those three letters. You think you're going to come see what they what they try to pitch you as you know 50 superstars and you're going to line up for this these shows are boring there's nothing even while you're there and they're marketing you know they're marketing towards families and kids there's nothing drawing them in there's nothing to excite the young audience to keep them active they die after like an hour and a half here to dive a little deeper into this thing now we've got this out of nowhere stomping ground yeah you know the logo in itself is absolutely terrible there's nothing attractive about it it's somebody half asked even throwing this name out here and now you're just looking at where they come off a of soddy and and anyone knows what happened or if they, even if you don't understand the money that's involved there because i'll defend those shows every day of the week twice on sunday mm-hmm. even if you don't know that and you're looking at the names they just gave you there oh they got undertaker bill goldberg Hulk <laughs> hogan sean Michaels, you know whatever and now i'm getting just this here in my little town why am I going to invest in this? You already hit me up for your network stuff. Why am I going to load the family into the car, go down there, pay for parking, get $50 in concessions, so sit there, and then by an hour and a half into the show, my kids are asleep, I'm dragging them out of here. The WWE, here's the problem. They're just not cool. They're not sexy. They're not attractive enough anymore. They don't know what they're doing. They're so cookie-cutter, it's pathetic, and it's showing in their attendance. It's just not here. It's it's house shows. It's every event. It's Monday Night Raw It's SmackDown. It's absolutely terrible. And the biggest issue, which is so disappointing, is there is the consumers want this. I mean, wrestling is starting to be cool again. People yep. are clamoring for MLW, New Japan, AEW, Ring of Honor. They want more, but they're not getting it from the beast, from that thing that's perceived the best, the top. And the sad part of that is they kind of affect the entire industry. You know, when WWE's hot, it trickles down. It goes from them down to right down here in the street. You know, if you're running a small indie promotion, there's indie promotions where Ryan's at, where you're at, Joe. Anywhere, it trickles down. People want to be on board. But now, now the wrestling fans the people that want it are fighting an uphill battle.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that. It's become like a chore to be a wrestling fan now. And, it's, and that starts with WWE right there at the top, like Rick was saying.
2: Insanely and, and enough, it's a trickle-down effect because everybody relates. You know, when you say pro wrestling, you usually get, oh, WWE? Or what you really get is, oh, WWF? Yeah, people don't even realize they change their. They don't. They don't even change. They call. You know, change the call letters because they're not cool anymore. They're not trendy. And, and I understand why, from a business standpoint. I could argue it all day, but I think there's got to be a medium there where you can even hit higher numbers here. I mean, eventually, eventually, you're going to have to make that transition. And I'm so worried that that's, that that second tier, that dance card, is so crowded that there's not going to be any one of them that can actually emerge to be real competition or, you know, at least influence what they're doing.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I, th- I think you could possibly make the argument that I think in that middle tier. I mean, I think AEW is going to be at the top of that know, and, and with as much interest as they're generating, which is actually going to be our next topic here. Can can it actually have the reverse effect where it actually trickles up to WWE and actually pushes them to, uh, you know, do more than just these glorified house shows, which in my opinion, Stomping Grounds really looks like.
0: Yeah, I think I think the all elite thing is. I, I mean, your hope is that I think that's what we're all hoping for. If you're if you're not you know, somebody that's trying to play, I'm on one side of the fence or the other. If you're somebody that's just a wrestling fan, yeah. I think we're hoping that this AEW thing is the impetus for WWE, the light bulb going on. I, again, but I always caution everybody, just because that happened in 1996, 1997, doesn't necessarily mean it's going to happen again. A lot of factors came into play that helped Vince out mm-hmm. at that time. And also having two guys who developed into two of the biggest stars ever at the same time, that helped. So, I mean, to think just because they have competition now, well, Vince is going to decide he's done screwing around and he's going to get to work now. I don't necessarily think that that's, uh, you know, one doesn't necessarily mean the other. Now, could it happen? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Uh, We got to hope that it happens because a strong WWE means a strong wrestling industry. But, yeah, I mean, I don't know if we're going to necessarily get a replay of 20 years ago.
2: No. I really like how Ryan laid out, you know, when we look at the landscape know 20 25 30 years ago it's much different than now you know back then it was wcw chasing wwe or wwf so you could put even if you want to say let's put aew in that wcw role, and they do kind of have that big money and all that wcw and wwf back then they didn't have to worry about nlw's ring of honor new japan uh all the, you know gor- you know gorilla all these other people that are going to pay high dollar value to bring in and lock down talent than they did back then it was it was there or nowhere now on this second tier you got all these people bidding for the employment and offering up money for these individuals which which worries me how competitive can aew really be right now even if they have all the money in the world you know wcw back then didn't have to worry about new japan coming into the market or an mlw or a ring of honor and all that or impact yeah. wrestling that are going to pick off some of those top talents. One of the biggest knocks on AEW right now is, sure, I mean, the, the top of that tag division, that tag division looks amazing all around, though. But, you know, the, like the top of the single card, great. When you get to that mid and lower card, it's kind of like, who is this? Mm-hmm. I could see these mm-hmm. people in any any gym across America on any given Saturday or you know, Friday or Saturday.
1: Yeah,
0: and, and that's the true, though, but that's true with all the mid-major companies at this point now you know a lot of their guys are indie guys who just happen to be on tv in in my view uh i think aew will be fine and i think why they'll end up being fine is they will fortify their ranks by picking the bones of companies like impact i think it's going to be a long 2020 for for impact and ring of honor uh, but especially impact i don't foresee i i think a lot of their big talent a lot of the talent they've spent a year plus developing is going to jump ship and i don't know if the audience their audience what's left of it is going to be willing to hold on when there's this big beautiful company down the street and, and i'll be honest with you a lot of impact slash old school tna fans are just those people who wanted an alternative 16 17 years ago well now there's a bigger and better alternative out there and i think a lot of impact fans will switch allegiances over to all elite wrestling i really do and it's and it's really sad because again Right now they're booking some really great wrestling, but it's just they've just made so many mistakes over the years and had their legs cut out from underneath them so many times that I, I don't foresee this AEW thing being a very, very positive thing for impact.
2: Well, Ryan, I <laughs> love what you said there, you know, because one of the one of the companies that absolutely worries me going into 2020 and a little bit forward. I know anyone could say TNA's always survive, but this is a much different landscape. I, I love how you put it out there. You know, we keep talking about talent, We keep talking about talent. How long do they start picking off the minds of that are running that thing? Yeah. You know, the people that are actually booking that, putting that together. We'd like to have you come over here. We have a bigger budget, a bigger platform. And, and we also forget too about the Westford, you know, the Western expansion of New Japan. You know, they want more. They they're kicking off the G1 in Dallas this year. Yeah. I mean, they're not even having an on their own soil here. I mean, that is a major statement, their commitment for that Western expansion. This is something so different here uh MLW you know I know it's a little bit here on the run we're going to talk about it there but you know what are they going to define themselves going forward here impact to me it, this is probably the scariest moment they've ever had in their existence right now because the time is right for them just to close up shop or maybe just maybe focusing going back to uh, a territory and running there in Canada up there with Joe and Carl you know it, it would yep. kind of keep what I feel a little better with Ring of Honor like I said they were never created to be that big contender So as long as it's easy syndication programming, they'll just keep rotating whoever wants to come through. It's just easy for them. you know. They've got that big dog in Sinclair that just doesn't really care. As long as they can hit their shows in their different markets and run it eight times a week, they're fine.
0: You can take the executives at Sinclair, and I bet they can't name five people in Ring
2: of Honor right Mm now. But the the president of Sinclair might not even know the head
1: of Ring of Honor. Yeah. I, it, we were talking about a. a uh, I almost said A-N-W A-E-W I like the the term they use as uh, alternative as opposed to competition I, I, th- I think that that wording and that thought process is very important because then we had mentioned WCW if they if they try and be like WCW historically we know how that happened you know we don't want to start getting uh, the inmates running the asylum because then we know that they're just going to implode on themselves you know so right, I definitely don't want to see on, that
2: that's not what killed WCW. Well, day. I'll come back. I'll come back. Part of the problem.
1: But, uh, but, but, Neil's to say, like there, I said, there was
2: only one, there was only one problem. And I'll take that right out of the word of Right out of
1: the mouth in this (laughs) area, but uh, I like that alternative as opposed to competition. I I think that that's uh, definitely the mindset to have there. So going from from that to this was interesting, and I I think this is one of the things where I think the wording is very important. With this, is that uh, the the, um, I'm talking about all out and uh, the ticket demand for this thing. So we know that uh, 15 minutes sold out, and with thousands of people waiting in the queue to get on this thing that um, this necessarily didn't outsell WrestleMania, but the demands for the tickets seems to have been significantly higher. Like uh, there, like people were just like, I want tickets for this now, as opposed to over a span of time.
0: Yeah. I, I think I think the funny thing is, and again, you, everybody takes what Meltzer says with a grain of salt regarding mm-hmm. AEW because he's kind of buddies with those guys. But, you know, he his estimation was it was the most in-demand wrestling event in North American history. Now, whether that's true or not... I don't know. And I know people want to account for bots and account for multiple lines, people calling in on, but Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, if all accounts are anywhere close to being accurate, this thing had a huge wave of momentum behind it whenever they opened up the gates. And I, I, this bodes well for the launch of the TV show. I think Mm -hmm. we're going to see high ratings right off the bat because all those people who didn't get to buy a ticket to see all out, they're going to be chomping at the bit to see that premiere episode. So I think right out of the gate, all signs point to all Elite Wrestling just riding a high wave of momentum, just right out, right out through the door into the into competition with WWE. Now, can they book a week to week show and maintain that momentum? We don't know, but we know right now that they're
2: riding
1: the crest right now, brother. Yeah, absolutely.
2: You know, I always I compare this to you know in high school when you get that that hot. Uh, foreign exchange student <laughs> yeah. everyone's trying, everyone's trying to climb towards you that you know, you're trying yeah. to figure out what's going on there's a line around her locker you're trying to figure out what she likes who's going to ask her out what she's all about right now we are in that pre honeymoon that honeymoon stage with AEW and I think it's amazing I absolutely love what they are doing and, and we need this professional wrestling one of the, the best things that Moxley said when he signed there was he just wants to help make wrestling cool again and you know that's what we're trying to do on our platforms we want to go out there and be able to embrace and enjoy this and they are on that track. Want to give them major props. I love what they're doing down there in Jacksonville. This thing is going to air free on, on uh, Bleacher Report Live, and I, I, that's tremendous marketing 101. You know, for people that feel yep. that felt, you know, that you know, the, the last uh, Double or Nothing was a little high on the pay-per-view buy, and All Out's probably going to be somewhere in that price range before they can really figure out where they're going, and that that other platform as they go into television. They're going to give that one away. They're down there at the, uh, the fighting game Comic-Con, which is amazing. I, I love their promotion. Marketing 101, they're taking fools to school here. They are out there hitting the trail, doing amazing things. But, again, to bring it all back, we, we are in that, that honeymoon phase. I really want to see, you know, once they hit television, once we get that first season behind us, how are they going to sustain that? How are they going to yeah. keep you hooked? Mm-hmm. So, so, to me, this journey isn't about what's happening now. I want to sit back a year from now and reflect on everything that we saw. And I, I love that we're having these conversations because we can kind of benchmark what we thought at these points and assess you know, to ourselves, Now I was wrong here, I was right, or they blew my mind away on this. That's where they're going to be. We don't want them to be around just for a year, five years, ten years. We want another company for for the long run, and it's proven that that is very difficult with inside pro wrestling. I mean, yeah, it's, absolutely. It's, it's, it's usually a sprint. Especially in this modern age, with the way, you, and it's just not progress. I mean, it, you start your own business; it's likely that you're out of business within a year and a half, two years. I mean, the survival rate—it's a jungle; it's vicious it out there. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: I, I got to say this real quick about the whole the launch of the AEW thing. I think the the free the free shows every you know a couple months, and then every third month have those quarterly pay per views. If you do three big, sh- I'm sorry, four big shows a year quarterly, I think you can get away with the fifty dollar price tag. Because I think people will be will it will consider it more special because you're only gonna do those four big shows a year every season, spring, summer, fall and winter. And and I think people won't have a problem with the fifty dollars if you're only asking for it every three
1: months. That's a great point, Ryan, and we'll actually be mentioning that later on in the episode. Go ahead, Rick. Oh, sorry.
2: Yeah. Well i was actually I was actually saying outside of that price point, you know, just in your marketing, you know, you're taking over the uni- the universe. All Elite Wrestling, you know, originally came from All In. Bring everyone All In, and you got to promote. Have watch parties at your house. You know, mm-hmm. stream live on our website or on yeah. Our social. Yeah, just media like we used media. to do. Yeah. So, so fifty dollars doesn't turn into that much, you know. If you, the three of us get together, and we call and we call Carl, and you know, and we, we get Robin Nelson. We, we got a hell of a party going on. You know, we each chip mm-hmm. in twenty bucks. We're having a blast. So it's yeah. not that much, and now we're streaming it. We're we're all in, baby. We all got our AEW stuff on. They're going back, hey, and that's way better, you know, than what we get those those time stallers with something like WWE, where they're showing us the same vignette that we've been watching for six freaking years. right. You know, now we're the mm. other now we're seeing the other people that are enjoying this, having fun, getting live, partying. It gets you involved in it.
1: Well, see, that's the the part that I really like, you know, not just for our podcast, you know, for, for the website with with Ryan. You know, we have all these great alternatives to talk about, you know, with it being All, all Elite Wrestling, with it being New Japan, ROH, Impact, MLW. It, it, if all that wasn't, you know standing out if, if we were just having to talk about wwe we'd have for, for some really depressing episodes of this podcast same with uh with, with rick and jargo and with the grill position it, it would be a lot of real sadness going on so it's just it's great to uh to have all these old and to talk about and it's trickling down to and this actually ties into the next topic here that you know i'm not sure the feedback that you guys are getting but uh, listeners of turnbuckle talk uh, uh, like personally reached out to me and said you know th- this has renewed my interest in professional wrestling again, you guys are talking about, largely because of all wrestling and all this stuff going on. People are interested in wrestling again. We we've,
0: we've gotten a lot more response lately and I, and I think we're heading into the second half of this year really going to key a lot more on indies. I think the indie movement over yep. the last few years has really piqued a lot of people's interest. If it wasn't for the indie movement, there wouldn't be an AEW. Yep. I really believe that right now. And and uh, um, you know, obviously we've got the ties because Mike working with Ohio Valley Wrestling. We cover OVW just like it's a mid major with all the rest of them. Mainly because we're tied in OVW, watching the OVW show, Ohio Valley Wrestling, Al Snow's product. Now it's renewed my interest yep. in indie wrestling. I hadn't watched a lot of the smaller promotions, but they're doing some great stuff there in Louisville. I've got my own local promotion, Stride, right down the street. Obviously, Rick's involved in the business as well, and and I think. It, the way it's become so much more accessible to the average person mm-hmm. is what's really driven it. And it, it is through websites, podcasts, shoot interviews, things like that. The average person now, if they become interested in wrestling, can learn so much about it in a short
2: amount of time. Yep. You know, one of the arguments that I've always kind of despised is when I hear that social media and the Internet ruin professional wrestling. I, I actually, I, I, absolutely disagree with that 100% because, you know what, if, if I didn't have these outlets, if I didn't have these platforms and I only had to concentrate on what WWE was giving me, I would have turned my back uh, <laughs> on this form of entertainment, yep. on this business years and years ago. If I didn't have individuals that were giving me this content, that were allowing me to reach out and find new things… I would have been completely done with it. So I absolutely embrace. We know what we have going on. Yes, we can be a little critical sometimes. And then I, I think you know when you go to a live show, you have to separate. You know your fan, the fan you are online, the fan you are outside of that arena from what you're there. When you're there, play along. You know, boo the heels. Mm-hmm. You know who's supposed to be? There. It's going to be more enjoyable. You know, but outside of that, we're talking about you know the consumer need for professional wrestling. It, it, we get weighed down so much looking at attendance and in, in the dwindling. Uh, you know, who's going to WWE shows? A month ago, Battle on the Border Pro Wrestling. We did two days. We're a small indie promotion here in Southern Ohio. We drew a thousand fans in two days. Yeah, people want to watch. They want to come out to <coughs> BFW halls, to armories. They want to watch this. They want to be entertained. Absolutely love it. There is a need for this. Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling podcast. Jargo and I did a count. We did four shows in two weeks, and we t- and we touched on twenty two different promotions from around the world. Yeah, and, and we're trying to enlighten people and inform them and get them out there, you know, to see that what you remember about professional wrestling, how you made it feel, it still exists in the in yeah. this age of digital media. You can find it if it's not that difficult.
1: Well, you had mentioned uh, being at shows and playing along. I rewind uh, the clock uh, back a little bit when I went to the, uh, the Ring of Honor show in Toronto. I'm sitting beside somebody who's, you know, re- obviously relatively new to uh, just watching wrestling in general. And somebody would come out and say, like, PCO, for example. And then they, the guy would ask me, like, oh, who's this guy? I'm like, oh, he he's uh, he's one of the good guys. Cheer for him. You know, and the next guy would come out, you know, who's this guy? Oh, well, he's one of the heels. You know, boo him when he comes out, you know. So it's uh, it was great to, to actually kind of get that little you know, interaction with the, the crowd and, he, you know, to help these people get into it right you now the, the bad guy comes out you boom and vice versa for the baby face right so you know it, it's uh, that was just a, it was a great little experience i know it was a relatively small crowd at that show but uh you know it just that uh, everybody was into it and so it's it's just it was a great thing to be a part of it was uh, one of my uh one of the bigger shows that i've been to in a little while so yeah Fans are digging it. So going from that to uh, some major league wrestling, which we had just mentioned, an interesting name is popping up from you know not when I first started watching, but um, somewhat uh, after Savio Vega coming out of nowhere to join with Major League Wrestling. An interesting name, interesting name.
2: I would say he's coming out of nowhere, uh, just returning to the states. MLW, you know, he's still been yeah. in the Caribbean, he's still been out in South America tearing it yeah. up. Uh, but below
1: the radar, the right?
2: That just re- that, no, we're not below the radar. He's still, yeah, man, they're rocking. You know what we would consider the indie scene on that. He looks tremendous. Yeah, uh, still he's looks gonna, good. It's going to be a great addition to major league wrestling. I'm looking forward to seeing him back in action here. You know, just uh, in front of our eyes in the North American in the market.
0: One of my good friends used to work with Savio, and he's one of the top notch people. So I've always kind of rooted for him. Legend, legend yeah. outside of this country. But, yeah, but you know, and and at his time in WWF, you know, in the '90s, had the Los Boricuas thing and and everything going on i think mlw first of all with where they're at they've always catered or not catered to but they've always targeted a latin audience mm-hmm. because they're kind of known for being sort of a florida promotion even though they travel all over the world and you've seen that with with selena with conan with yep. you know all the different characters they brought in daga has been there i mean a lot of latin uh, influence in the promotion so i think savio vega will not only fit in with that sort of demographic, but he's also going to provide all that experience and veterans. I mean, this guy's a promoter, a booker, a wrestler. He's done it all in the business. Anybody, anytime you can bring a guy like that into your company, you're just making it stronger. Good well, move, Ryan,
2: MLW. Well, yeah. Ryan, I'd like to you know to add on what you were saying there. What's very interesting. It really seems you know, like you're saying, they've always had that that influence. It seems like they're really stepping their game up since it seems like we're not going to have any more Lucha Underground. Seems they're, to be that to way. Fill that void a little yeah. bit.
1: Yeah.
0: They, and that's smart i mean because there was obviously an audience for that lucha underground wasn't ran very well or didn't wasn't mm-hmm. handled very well there at the end but it, obviously we saw that there was that niche market that slice of the pie that belongs to mm-hmm. an american lucha company or a, a lucha libre company that has ties to america and is aired in america so if, if mlw can grab that audience and still hold on to some of that american style wrestling the guys like tom lawler and, yep. and the ones they brought in like gotch and, and the guys that they sort of cut their teeth with when they were first relaunching the brand. Then you have that Latin influence. They they've already got a great product, and I think they're going to get stronger over the next year.
1: Yeah.
2: Well, and as long as you know, as long as they market it right, it's a great familiar name that you're going to pull some of that attitude. You know, bring back some of those throwback fans. Oh, I remember, and then, you know, those people. Like, hey, I remember what he could do. What's he doing now?
0: Right.
1: My my fondest memory of him that's a strap match with Stone Cold Steve Austin. That's still very fondly in my memory.
2: Back in hate-
0: the formative days of the
2: Attitude Era, we're talking. You know, Austin credits him. Mm-hmm. Austin credits him mm-hmm. with so much. Uh, and a little shout-out as well, as we're recording here on a Sunday afternoon, this is the uh, the anniversary of the 316 promo.
1: Yes, legendary. Legendary promo.
2: 1996.
1: Define that character. Uh, you know, I don't think anybody would deny that. You, know, and you guys are just, uh, like Ricky just mentioned his name, uh, to kind of blow your mind a little bit with uh, Tom Lawler. Uh, as you guys and listeners are well aware, I am not a fan of MMA guys mixing up in professional wrestling. I like Tom Waller. He, he does well in there. You might be surprised, but uh, I'm a Tom Waller fan.
0: Yeah, he's a, he's a great he, – he just plays that role just right yeah. in pro wrestling. Some of the guys come in, that do the MMA thing, and they overdo it, and they are clearly MM, MMA guys that are in wrestling. Where mm-hmm. This is a guy who is a wrestler. seems like a wrestler. With an MMA background, big difference. If you put you put the pro wrestling and the grappling ahead of it, and being a character outside of just being, hey, I'm the badass guy who can mix it up in the octagon. Mm -hmm. You know, I want you to be a wrestler and a character and a performer first, and then that you have that base and
2: that background with it.
0: That's great. And I think you're right, Tom Lawler balances that out perfect.
1: Bingo.
2: Hey, you know what? I, I'm a little, I'm a little surprised, Big Joe. You, you're putting over all her here, yeah. Uh, because you know, it, you usually you usually bust, you usually bust on them MMA guys. But we, hey, let's, let's not kid ourselves. You are one of the original bromos.
1: <laughs> you, you
2: love you. Love
1: I am, the, I'm the, riddle. I'm anyway. the original Bromo, brother. I'm the original.
2: Yeah, it, yeah. It, it, yeah. You are the original Bromo. In a shout out and a put down to all you Bromo, you Bromofoamics out there. <laughs> It's okay to be a promo. Yes. It is pride. Monk. We are fine here on Turning <laughs> <On Turnbullet. laughs>
1: So an- another great name in L- MLW. If you haven't heard of this guy, go watch some MLW and you'll see what I'm talking about. Jacob Faw, too. Um This guy has got Star. Uh, very much uh, in the same kind of vein as Roosh. This guy is going to be somebody significant in the business of professional wrestling.
0: Yeah, I think that what, what? now there, there's been some talk about WWE or or, uh, or AEW. Oh yeah, it sounds like that's what it's come down to for him at this point. Yeah, um, I really would like to see him end up in AEW mainly because I'm, I've been you know we've been waiting for a year now for Punishment Martinez and he's finally made his debut under a new name. I'm afraid, you know, and this is another guy that we all oh, he's going to be a big star. He's going to be a big star, and he disappeared for a while. Mm-hmm. I'm afraid, too, they won't fast track him. To the roster, and he might be one of those guys that lingers in NXT too long. So
1: I'm yeah. hoping
0: if he doesn't stay with MLW, <laughs> I do.
2: Well, we actually we actually talked about this uh, this you know over the weekend here on the Hitting Marks Pro Wrestling podcast. You know where what direction should he go and It, it may you know our most important you know piece of that conversation was. Locking him down. We know we've seen MLW, they've locked down uh Davy Boy Smith Jr. If you can lock him, you can lock down Fatu and, and ride with the with Contra here, does that define you as one of those promotions that are on that second tier dance card as you're seriously trying to make a move? I mean this could be something special. If you want to talk about you know, all these comparisons to E C W, this could be them. Could you imagine the run between Contra and the heart pound thing for Oof. years Oof. to come? I mean you've got something absolutely That's gold. brilliant here. You got something absolutely Brilliant here with Fatu. And, and if he does want to leave for, you know, greener pastures, if you will, that big money, and let's say NXT, WWE, my biggest fear there for him is, and there's two of you know, I'll start with the positive. He has the connection. You got that family ties. You have all that. But when he gets here, my biggest fear is that Vince McMahon sets eyes on him and thinks it's Umaga. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, and yeah. I'm not talking yeah. Umaga. Not mocking him in any way because he had a great run. He's got one of the most memorable things at WrestleMania. He's involved with Vince McMahon, Bobby Lashley, and President Trump. Yeah, you know. But he had that mm-hmm. feeling, yeah. and you're just going to have him as that sandwich, or you know, or does he fall into it where he becomes the cane to Roman Reigns' Undertaker? Mm. Yeah, you know, where he's all, he's yeah. that ultimate enemy to him. For him, you know, if the money's good, that's yeah, great. You know, but if MLW can keep you happy for a while. Locking him down could really define that promotion going forward yeah. for the next five, ten years. And well, the guy's I mean, an absolute beast. He's an absolute
0: beast. Yeah. Right. I mean he's got the size, he's got the power. If he signs with WWE, he's got a good chance to be the next Braun Strowman.
1: <laughs> yeah. Take that one. Yeah. yeah.
0: Just having the size and the power and that look well, and and even the connections with the family doesn't matter if they don't if they don't put him in a position to succeed, he won't we, be a star.
2: We we Jargo and I really compared him to you know maybe that younger you hope maybe more potential breakout or maybe he is handcuffed by it like Samoa Joe.
1: Mm, wow what a drop all there just <laughs> But, uh, you know, with uh, MLW and actually tying this back in to, you know, listeners of studio uh, Star podcast, you know, podcasts, you know and I was telling people, I was telling this guy, somebody that it's actually somebody that I work with. And he was asking, you know, where the wrestling is going. On. I had mentioned MLW. He's like, well, what's happened there? That's interesting. Now, this is a guy that was, you know, very much into the Attitude Era and specifically the Hart Foundation. And I mentioned to him, oh, you know, there's this new Hart Foundation in uh, MLW. And he's like, oh, OK. You know, who's involved in that? And I was like, well, you got Teddy Hart. You've got Brian Pillman Jr. You've got Davey Boy Smith Jr. He's like, he's like, dude, say no more. I'm going to start watching. <laughs> right? So, you know, there's they're clearly yeah, a demand. Yeah, they got a good yeah, thing
2: guys, going. I guess a little, I'll drop a little teaser here on air. You yeah, know, when we guys get off the air here, I'm going to send you guys each an email. Uh, it, it's it's the rough cut version. So, you kind of, the crowd's a little ruckus over the commentary. Uh, but I'll send you guys one of my cuts from Battle of the Border Pro Wrestling where I actually call a match involving Brian Pillman Jr. to get a little feedback. It's a mixed tag. Awesome. Uh, Filman Jr. and his girlfriend taking on a, a tremendous super heavyweight in uh, Bam Bam Bundy, <laughs>
1: uh,
2: who was uh, who, he's a protege yeah. of Brian Christopher. Wow, nice! Uh, down in Deep Style. he's a, they call him the Mid South uh, Prodigy. So I'll send that to you guys and let you check that out. And, Absolutely. Uh, maybe we'll come back on the three of us to talk about it on one of our episodes or something.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Now going from some MLW stuff to some more AEW stuff, Fighter Fest is coming up now. For those of you who really aren't aware, this is essentially a, uh, a video game convention here and this has turned into, it's morphed from kind of being like a showcase being part of the show too. this is a full-fledged wrestling card essentially happening here and there's some really, really interesting matchups I think kind of highlighted by, I think my favorite one on the card is uh, with Cody and Darby Allen. Uh, that The match interests me a lot to see what comes out of that.
2: Uh, Yeah, you know, the the event itself is actually. It's pretty incredible. I mean, just yeah. outside of like a, a, a gaming convention, it focuses on like the fighting games, you know, your Mortal Kombat, your, your Street Fighter, and that, which yeah. I think is an amazing concept. And they're going to bring in thousands of people. But this, this wrestling show and this, yeah, it's kind of taken on a life of its own, but it's a it's a featured attraction. You know, this is an ex, this is a, a specialty or a plus for those who are already in attendance. Uh, from my understanding, this thing is either going to be free or relatively cheap to check this thing out. You're talking about the Darby and Cody match. It's going to be absolutely amazing. This is going to be Cody going out there and showcasing uh, uh, maybe a relatively unknown talent to a lot of the AEW, uh, the fans there. Mm-hmm. It, Darby, he is absolutely incredible. You go check out some of the stuff on social media. He explains, you know, why the, the face is half painted because he's half dead inside. Yeah. You no, know, he's trying to find a way here. You know, everything that's going on with him, you know, but top to bottom, I mean, look, this looks like what you would compare to a takeover card. It's like four or five just, boom, come at you matches that are going to blow you away.
1: Yeah, and, and uh, we mentioned before recently, too. It's a,
2: great event. Uh, it's a great
0: event to have it live. They've got a great partner in Bleacher Report uh, doing these live events, yeah. doing these shows. Uh, right now, as we mentioned earlier when we were talking, the desire, the drive, the hunger for AEW this company just caught fire and has the the imagination of the wrestling world these little morsels that they're giving people for free this i guess the fighter fest the fight for the fallen show i guess is also supposed to be free on bleacher report live all of this stuff is the perfect crescendo leading up to the pay-per-view and the debut of the show Uh, no matter what i know we're going to hear positive numbers about the show obviously they're not selling it they're not making a profit off of it but i will be interested in seeing how many people watch this on Bleacher Report Live for free because it's going to gauge kind of the same type of people that are going to seek it out when it's on television. Bingo. That same number will probably be watching on TNT. The
2: the genius of going in here for this, uh, you know, fighting game convention is they are a side attraction, so it's not like they're fronting the bill for this. They have a built-in audience, so it makes sense for them. Hey, let's get this out here for free. Let's just not try to capitalize and be money hungry. You know, as some of the other big you know promotions would be like that. Let's get this out here. Let's. This is the grassroots campaign. This is what, this is what these guys are about. They realize they have to go beyond this core base. I mean, they're amazing right now. The merchandise they're selling. You know how fast they're selling out these arenas you know, the fans that are just gravitating towards it, but they still know they have to broaden their horizons. I mean, this enhanced for it to reach its full potential, they have to truly blossom and almost explode to create, you know, no pun intended, a new wrestling universe. And that's yeah. what they mean by change the universe. Mm-hmm. It, it, that's what they, it, this is absolutely, this is marketing 101. I absolutely love what they're doing here. It's absolutely used to being so aggressive. And it's areas that would scare, it would absolutely terrify individuals in any lineup business
1: and the fighting video game fans the majority of them are wrestling fans so i mean just it just the, the two things just go hand in hand together yeah.
0: young people that's the other thing yeah are targeting young, where the average yeah. age of wwe fans are like my age they're in their 40s now you know yeah. guys that remember it when it was great in the 90s that are still holding up oh that the this this whole event that they're tied into is involved in it's evolved from youth culture, which is exactly what AEW wants to grab a hold of. (laughs) They want to be the hip as you said earlier, the cool wrestling company. And you have to appeal to the youth market to be cool. Guys like us we don't set the trends anymore. The kids
1: do. And I'm looking at the card here, too, and you have Christopher Daniels in here. I mean, there's a guy, 49 freaking years old, and he still wrestles like a kid. He can still go and just as good, if not better, than some of the younger guys. So it's like, know, that's another match. Don't sleep on that one.
2: You realize, with, you know, with Daniels and all of SCU, it, it, they'll hit their spots, but they realize it's about character. It's about getting that fan to emotionally invest in you. Yep. That's what they're about, and it, it, that's <laughs> what Cody's about. That's what he's been taught. That's why him and Dustin will be up there arguing for match of the year because people were actually crying after that match. You can go out there and do all the spots you want and the floor routine and wow, people with their athleticism, but are they really investing? And, and that's what you got from the Rhodes Brothers here. And I, I'll tell you the one that thinks think is it's really going to steal. It's going to get people really – if you're talking about bringing back attitude in the professional wrestling, we're talking about a match that's built around a cigarette. And that's Joey Janela and yeah. John Mox. That is gonna That's gonna steal this show. They just, that's gonna bring eyes back, back to professional wrestling.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's that. That one's gonna be intense for sure. So before we go to our showstopper segment this week, guys. Uh, very recently, and, and this kind of ties into. Uh, a bit of a conversation I had with another one of our podcast friends here, uh, Mr. The Professor. I'm going to use finger quotation, Mr. Chabella Vera Cruz, uh, who is a huge mark of WWE, and uh, a couple of other lynchers have kind of challenged me to uh, to dive back in this week. Um, I'm going to sit down and put myself through three hours of torture of Monday Night Raw because I've been told that the product is good again. So uh, I'm going to I'm going to watch and uh, I'm going to see if I can uh, argue against that.
2: Uh, it, all right, Big Joe. What, what you just laid out there—that's like someone of uh, Jewish ancestry saying they found a <laughs> flux capacitor, and they're going back to 1943. Yeah. Why are you going to put yourself through this? It, this is absolutely terrible. It's, it's crazy,
1: crazy, right? Yeah. Yeah.
2: It, 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 it's good. It's good background noise. It's good background noise. Even in—you know—I was bragging at Jargon I You know, we've covered, you know. Twenty plus other promotions, and that's all in an intention to just shrink down that conversation of WWE each mm-hmm. and every week. We had a couple shows. We didn't even mention it. Yeah, and, and you know what? My, yeah. my stress levels. I felt like my blood pressure going down. I went in for I went in for a checkup. The doctor said I was doing amazing. He's so I "Change your diet." so no, I just cut out Vince McMahon out of my life. <laughs> that's right. He said, Did "You cut out red meat." No, I just cut out Vince McMahon. I'm, I'm feeling better. Things oh. are great. And you just go to YouTube. It, this is another thing with WWE. Every they always brag. Our social media is amazing. Our YouTube had 10 million more. That's because that's all that they're watching of it. That's all they're watching of it. Yeah, yeah. Guess what what that meant for your advertising dollars? Cents on the dollar. You didn't make jack squat off of that. And and what it really says is that that consumer doesn't feel a need to actually watch your programming live. They can can get everything they need in two-minute clips. That means what you are doing is pathetic, and you are terrible, and you suck at it.
1: Uh, that's one thing I had mentioned to Carl that this was, uh, going, I think more than a few episodes back now where they do this was this full on pre-show on Facebook and, you know, he had said, oh, this is helping people to get, you know, to tune into the main show. And I, and I asked him, I said, you know, is that really the case? Is that really what's happening here? Or are people just watching this and going, okay, that's enough. And it's actually not actually translating to people actually tuning into the show. Cause I, I really think that that's, what's happening. People are watching that. They're going, okay, that's really all I can stomach. And I'm not going to bother watching the actual program.
2: Real quick before Ryan jumps in here real quick, you know, I'm going to, you know, my, my co-host, uh, my best friend, he works in television, mm-hmm. and he says this all the time, you know, one of the, the number one things when they are looking at programming and who they're looking at scheduling, giving contracts to, the number one in demand is live, must-see content. That's why you see these major deals for, you know, like the NFL, even NASCAR, NHL, you know, these major sports, because it's something you have to watch in real time. It's something that's not, yeah. that, that people aren't going to DVR for the most part and go back. Because that means the most to the advertiser who still drives the market, who is still determining who's on air, you're getting that premium dollar. So if you're going to social media, you're losing that advertising dollar. You're not gonna see television, which is more confusing and confounding like how whoever struck that Fox field, kudos to them. You know, how long is that gonna last? last? they <laughs> they just sucker punch somebody on that.
1: Yeah.
0: And I, I actually wanted to bring that up, you know, with the state of wrestling as it, or state of WWE as it is right now, you want it to be compelling. I want it to be interesting. It's the nature of our business, yeah. but it's, it's good for us if WWE is doing well, and it's it's good for our sanity, uh, especially for those that have to cover it um, for a living. So it, it's just kind of one of those things where it's like you go, you know, I, I'm sure the three of us would love to have conversations about. Oh my God, I can't believe it. But the one thing that you talked about, Rick, about live television being in such demand, is because of that captive audience and the reason wwe was always able to have a captive audience is because you didn't want to be that one guy that everybody said oh my god you missed it you missed
1: yes it. yes well, yeah it's been a long right?
0: time since i felt like i missed anything on wwe except for those three hours of my life back that's the only thing you ever miss yeah and and that's the problem there is nothing exciting anymore there is no spark to it I, as I've told you guys before, I give them the first half hour, 45 minutes every week to try to convince me to stick around. And if not, I'm probably watching a ball game. And, and I've been watching a lot of ball games.
1: Yeah. You know, during that early part of that attitude, and just shortly before and whatnot, when things were really going strong, I used to get, you know, if I wasn't necessarily tuning at the time, I would get that phone call from whether it be Carl or somebody else I knew that was uh, really into it as well. I'd be like, hey, you got, there's something happening right now. You know, Stone Cold's coming out. you just showered everybody with beer. You got to watch, you know, stuff like that. You know, th- those kind of moments and those times are seemingly gone it, with WWE at least. Yeah.
2: We're all about the same age group here. Yeah. You know, know, it was really hot there and attitude there and all that. I was in high school. And, you know, all the sports I was involved in year round, you know, and I had just whatever I could. I worked a part time job and all that. So a little bit of money I saved up and bought a second television, so on Monday night I could run a splitter <laughs> off of the cable in my room, so I didn't have to flip back and forth between Nitro and Raw. Smart. That's how in demand it was. And when we get there the next day, I could talk to my WCW friends, <laughs> I could talk to my WW friends, and I knew everything about everything. And I still, hey, even back then in my nerdum, I was even discovering the uh, you know the binary message board. so I was even getting the dirt sheets online back then. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and a lot of that, too. You talked about AEW and maybe, oh, if they have a $50 pay per view and four or five people get together, that was the era of the Monday Nitro parties. Remember, they would. I would love to see something like that come back with AEW. Hey, we've got a patio, you know, all these people out on a patio at a bar and they're all watching AEW and go to that live shot. That's the type of stuff that I remember about that era, that quote unquote attitude. I always call it the Monday Night Wars era because I was a WCW guy. just the idea that you didn't at one point both shows were so good you didn't want to want like rick said you didn't want to flip the channels you wanted to have two screens side by side and i would love for us to even get a whiff of that now again and i realize it won't be on monday nights but hey if if it gets down to hey wwe's on monday and they're on friday and in the middle we want to see what aew does to counter at least in some way give us some morsel of that type of excitement again because that i i don't i mean obviously The world's changed, television's changed, media has changed since then. But one thing hasn't, and it's that if you get the wrestling audience excited, it becomes infectious.
1: You could potentially see that if a EW weekly starts airing on Wednesdays, but something to, you know, to not ignore is that we do live in that age of where we can, you know, just stream it later or record it to watch later, you know, so we could see a little bit of that you know, when it comes to NXT versus AEW. but, uh, you know, yeah, I, I really like the idea of that, but it, it's, it's tough these days.
2: Yeah. It's just well, a an arrow Go ahead, Rick. Go ahead. I don't I don't think it is that tough. You know, no one's no one's sitting there D V R and watching the Super Bowl on Wednesday. That's true. Or even your favorite sports team or the, you know, game seven of the NHA finals. If if you're presenting must see TV, I mean who's That's the key to which network I know? At NBC, it has gotta be must see TV. You gotta have something as we're saying, where you can make a cool game where it's where you can walk out in public. I'm sitting here at Starter's Camp Day on the west side of Cincinnati. You know, If if I'm sitting here in the corner, what's this weirdo doing with this headset on talking to these strangers on the computer? But I know <laughs> it's talking about wrestling. They should be kind of coming over like, hey, what were you talking about? What's going on? They want to know. We want to get back to that. That's yep. that's the goal here in, in our profession, what we're doing right now. Yep.
0: I mean, you want it to be like Game of Thrones, where when the new episode is on, everybody's got to see it right there then. You. They don't want to miss it. Yeah. Or like uh, The Walking Dead was previously. Now now the days of The Walking Dead would be a good way to describe WWE. <laughs> like at the time it was a hot hot show you know it you have to make it like some of these HBO type shows or Showtime shows like the sopranos used to be where even though you could watch it later in the week you wanted to see it right when it came on right when everybody else was
2: watching i absolutely love that comparison right cuz hey cuz how much right now like it was it's like the, the walking dead or a hot movie, the avengers come out all of your social media feed will be like i can't see it till tomorrow if i see any spoilers i'm unfriending you You've never <laughs> seen that with Rollins.com. Like, <laughs> no. if anyone lets me know what happened in the main event, you're off my friends. You no, know, no, you never see
1: that. And <laughs> you know, like I said, you Especially
2: know, if you post anything, you get defriended.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, like I said, no, that, uh, you know, we're seeing some little hints at that, uh, you know, with the uh, listeners of the podcast saying, you know, they're rejuvenated in the interest of professional wrestling again. So there's hints at it. And I think that uh, if AEW can really start kicking ass, we, we definitely could get back to those days for sure. So definitely looking forward to that.
2: Well, not just AEW, you no. Know? We got ML. It's got to be M- an W. It's up to us. It's up to us individuals to, you know, to kind of broaden those horizons for individuals. And that's what Brian, you know, he yep. started with the position.com. It, it wasn't, we're not going to be a dirt sheet. We're not going to no. keep the same stupid he said, she said it was We're diving a little deeper here. And that's what, you know, Ryan and I together in, you know, and then Jargo came on. And, you know, and then we got, you know, through Ryan, we got to meet you guys, Joe. Yep. With Turnbuckle Talk. That, that was the whole mission here. And I, I really feel so bad. For these podcasts that just sit around and talk WWE or anything, no oh, god, like any reporter, journalist, and professional <laughs> wrestling, it's just worried about that. Yeah. I mean, they life has to be absolutely miserable, right?
1: Yeah, now. like you said, uh, high blood pressure and issues with the doctor, right?
2: It's like a it's like a, love, it's, like a lo- it's like a loveless marriage, you know. But it's pretty a-
1: much <laughs>
2: yeah. invested in that. It- you know, we're, we're out there. We're opening the market. We're inviting everybody over. This is a wrestling orgy, baby. That's what we do at the GorillaPosition.com on, on HittingTheMarks.com. We yes. are everywhere.
1: Yep. Absolutely. Uh, got-
2: dare, I, dare, I say, dare I say infectious?
1: <laughs> awesome. I, I was,
0: I was going to say you used the word orgy and gorilla position all orgy. in the same sentence, and you kind of threw me off right. a <laughs> minute.
1: Uh Okay guys, we're going to take a brief break here. We're going to come back with our our famous showstopper segment here. and It's going to revolve around WWE and pay-per-views and something that Ryan had kind of made a hint at earlier. So we'll be right back and we're going to talk about that.
0: Independent contractors in the professional wrestling industry, if you're looking for a way to put the power of the media in your own hands, contact Pinned LLC. Pinned LLC is media and marketing for the professional wrestling industry. It's your one-stop, one-click online profile and so much more. With Pinned, you'll receive a full background story, photo gallery, an interview conducted with you, links to all your social media and where you can be booked, and yes, a 60-second custom television commercial all about you. Get more info today. Email pinned.biz at gmail.com. That's pinned.biz at gmail.com. Or click the icon at thegorillaposition.com to get more info about pinned. Remember, get connected, get booked, get pinned.
2: It's me, it's me, it's the R B B2B. As you can tell in the background, we are out celebrating. That is what we do here at HittingTheBarks.com. And i invite like everyone to continue to tune in to Turbo Talk, but check out all our other shows. We have the content, especially led up by the flagship show, Hitting The Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast. You can find that all at HittingTheMarks.com. Run.
1: All right, guys. Big Joe back here on Turnbuckle Talk. Like I had mentioned at the top of the show, Carl is not with us this week, but we do have Ryan Bowman and Mr. Rick Vickery on here with me, and we're going to talk our showstopper segment now. And this revolves around WWE and just doing just seemingly just too much. Uh, I, I'm I've always been very much a, a cheerleader for quality over quantity. And right now, you know, we had mentioned like this uh, stomping grounds pay-per-it just it feels to me like we're just we're doing too much It's oversaturated like even right now I'm looking at guys I'm looking at a picture on my phone and I've got the picture of all the championships in WWE. Like we have so we have two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve. We have fourteen people in this picture with championship title belts. Like it's just it's so There's just too much going on, and it just feels like we're just we're already lost the quality. Like, how can we can we should they just start just doing less? Is that even possible at this point? (laughs) It's a big question, right?
0: Corporate obligations they have, and I mean, you have to do shows in Saudi Arabia now. You're probably going to go back to another Australia or England or some other country that ponies up the money. I honestly think they've got so many ores in the water right now that they feel like. It's, it's creatively Can't. spent. It's really watered down. As you said, there's no reason to have all these different title belts. It, it means nothing when, you have, when everyone has one. Um, at the same time, I think there's way too much original programming they have to put out. I, I know they're responsible for a lot of content, yeah. but at some point it's starting to kill off the product because you've got UK, you've got 205, you've got NXT, you've got hours and hours and hours of main roster stuff that you're doing you're producing movies you're producing other content for the your channel when they said they wanted to do a network and have wrestling 24 hours a day i didn't know they meant they were going to produce new content 24 hours a day because that's where they're at at this point you know and i think the fans especially coming like coming into stomping grounds we just had a big event that they hyped up that turned out to be nothing and now two weeks later three weeks later they're hyping up another big event that we know is going to turn out to be nothing and I think what it comes down to is a, is a word I heard in radio a long time ago, and it's why you can have a very successful morning drive show or a very successful afternoon show, and that cast of characters gets over for a long time. And then you have what is called audience fatigue, and I think that's what we've gotten now at WWE. It's just audience fatigue.
2: Well, I mean, we are you – know, honestly, as Ryan laid out, everything there that we've got, we're, we are talking about a financial high within this company. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am a stockholder, so when I see that, when I see those numbers coming in, I'm absolutely popping. It's about the only thing in this company that they're doing right now that makes me pop. But I, but that's the bottom line. You know that that's what I ultimately care about. But when I remove myself from that situation, my next step down is to follow what my profession is, and that is marketing. You know, that is business. It's about getting, you know, getting your brand over here. And yes, you, you do want maximum exposure. You absolutely do want that. But as I tell when I sit down with any clients, as I mentioned here before, I'm, I'm at one of my clients here. It's it happens to be a, a tremendous restaurant here on the west side of Cincinnati, Starters Cafe. And what they do here is a perfect example, and it's where you see where so many other restaurants fail. You go in there and you open up a menu, and there's 150 things there. Mm-hmm. You know, they they're trying to cater to breakfast to lunch, and you know the vegans and they gluten free and all this. And I tell everyone, scale, scale things back. Worry about, you know, get down to 25 things, and 10 to 12 of those you do amazingly. That you knock them out of the park where people are lined up out the door to want to be a part of that. They can't get enough of that. They yep. do that here. You do, you do their breakfast here. They've got that down to such an art. They're actually, it's uh, it's about 320 here. In the afternoon mm-hmm. on a Sunday, they close at 4. They don't They don't even need to be open for dinner because they knock it out of the park for breakfast and brunch because they're so good at that and demand is so high. They don't have to trickle off there. You're running that with some small business. When you're talking about a global conglomerate like WWE, you're going to have these multiple divisions, and I think that's where they – Somewhere in there, when they went from privately owned to publicly traded in these grand visions, they missed the transition of how they go yep. from one to the other. And that's that is that's the main issue. And everyone's always going to throw out there, well, let's just cut. Let's trim this fat. Let's get rid of this product. Let's throw this in the trash. That's not a reality right now. We need to talk about real solutions. Mm-hmm. You, know, you can get rid of these shows. You can get rid of all these shows. But where are you going to make up those financials? You know, how are you going to pick those back up I, I think you really got to start really small very grass, you know very at the bottom grassroots and get rid of some of these live events condense your roster yeah. where it's not red and blue you know where they're coming into a town you know, you know rides there in the true heart of the Midwest you know in jargos out there too they they're they're lucky to get an NXT or a blue brand that's highlighted by Randy orton yeah. You no, know, if you brought in all those stars for that show, don't do the double tours, and even cut those back to a couple times a week, which is allow going to be a little more off time from the road from some of your workers. That's going to create more of a demand. You can raise those ticket prices a little bit, and then you don't have to squeeze in these things like stopping ground, where you're saying this is a marquee pay per view mark, you know, network event, where we're going to hit you for this higher price tag, and it, it really, it really is a glorified house show.
1: Uh, I, I love the
0: other side of that is him. don't invest in silly stuff outside of wrestling like football leagues and runs for Congress. Yeah. That's that's not her yeah. That's not helping their bottom line at all. The other side projects, the little personal pet projects that everybody's got going on. Because believe me, if you don't think Stephanie's running for higher office someday,
2: oh, yeah. I'll bet you yeah, absolutely bucks. she is. <laughs> so oh, I, I mean, I, I'm yeah. with you. She's 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 positioning herself to get out there in some kind of appointed position. You know for you know it's all about her lady balls and promoting her you're gonna have those things they're not going away so we get back to, let's talk about solutions you know how mm-hmm. can we make that work inside this dynamic look uh, you know, like a stopping ground i don't know what the average ticket is but they're thinking you know pay-per-view marquee event. they're probably asking for that top dollar i mean how do you feel i mean you just saw all those stars like i said at and Saudi, and now you know you've got SummerSlam coming up to toronto there and you're just squeezed in here in the middle yeah you're supposed to just go there because they tell you it's special it's important yeah and it goes back to that live event experience too they just open the doors i regularly go to these shows and i mainly not even just so much for the wrestling i love watching the fan experience and checking out the corridor yeah. and you know how they they got all these people is on these legends deals why aren't they there doing meet and greets why aren't there social media hubs to let those people that are there live, like get on social media and tell you how much they love. You know, put on a headset and and do a play by play with somebody, you know, a Beth Phoenix or something like that for a half hour. I mean, how impactful would that be for you know kids like that?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, make it a, everywhere you go, you've got the means to the ends to do this thing. Make it a little a mini star cast each time they go to even like these these BS pay per views, so that I, that audience wants to be there. You're filling arenas; they aren't even if you're not into the card you create like a festival atmosphere before you get to your seat people are going to have a good time for that entire that entire show
1: yeah. Now I, I love the, the restaurant reference there, Rick. Cause I, I completely agree. And i bend up to to places where you're, like, you open up that menu and it's, I remember one in particular was uh, some Chinese food place. And you have like 2000. I'm like, there's no way that what I'm getting to order here is going to be good because they're, they're, they're trying to do just too much. And you just, you can't be a jack of all trades and expect any particular single thing to be good. You know, whereas if you do that smaller amount of things really, really well, just, you know, it's, it's so much better. And, and another thing too that I want to ask you specifically, being the marketing guy, Rick here. Without this Saudi deal right now, if, if that's if that's gone, um, are they still making money uh, and, and enough to, to survive?
2: And yeah, that's another thing. You know, I defend that deal. I'll defend that deal to the day I die because that is keeping the company thriving right now. Without outside of that box, this company is doing nothing right now. They are absolutely pathetic. They are canning on this money, and you know there were so many shows. Like, Joe, I know you and Carl talked about it here on Turnbuckle Talk. Ryan, you guys have covered it all over the place. at the girl You know, yep. uh, not Sean, Goldberg and Undertaker. Absolutely a train wreck in the ring. I'm not going to argue that anywhere. Yep. But the impact it on that company and how important it was to continue to secure that deal with the Saudis has a trickle-down effect. It's keeping people employed. It's getting higher paychecks to those individuals. I don't care how terrible it was those people wanted it. They paid for it. They got it. Everyone's going to benefit from it. Mm -hmm.
0: and that's the wrestling business that's just that's the wrestling business do they do they want us to show up they pay us to do what we're supposed to do in essence what all it's basically doing is vince is abdicating the promotion to the saudi prince it's and if the fans don't like it that's tough luck because he's got enough money that he can rent the wwe for a day and that's pretty much what it is it's Mm -hmm. rent the wwe for you know when i was in high school we'd rent the high school gym out and shoot hoops well, that was 75 bucks, Well, this guy's got 75 <laughs>
1: billion, Yeah.
0: so he can do whatever he wants. So, I mean, it is, it's is—it's really, just like any, if it was a charity event, if it was an indie company doing a charity show at a high school, and the high school brought him in and said, hey, we'd like you to do this, that, and the third for the kids," then they're going to do it, mm-hmm. and that's what wrestlers do. They get paid to perform, and so, in that way, yes, you're right, Rick, absolutely, it is 100% good business, but it's really bad wrestling.
2: Yeah. Well, I... And I wish, you know, two points that we were talking about, right, about, you know, when you have somebody coming that wants to kind of rent you out. Uh, this past week, I'm brokering a deal between a, a local bar here in Cincinnati that wants to bring in battle on the border of pro wrestling. But they want us to do something different. They want a Sunday matinee all adult show. You know, they want kind of that attitude. You know, They, they want sexy women. They want the midgets. They want a wet t-shirt contest. It's out of what we do. So I'm pitching to them, hey, you're going to have to rent us. We don't have to worry about selling tickets. We'll bring our ring and our wrestlers, but you're yeah. going to have to buy us out for the day. Yeah, you know, and we'll do whatever the hell you want. Make sure our people are safe, but that's the same deal. Though. We're just going to—they're going to buy us yeah. out, and we're—I'm we're, kind of brokering that deal between us here. That—that's going to be there. Mm-hmm. You know, it, 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 that happens in the business. That's how you—that's how you survive and thrive.
0: Uh, it's a dirty it's a dirty business, but that's the private dance yeah. of it all right there. Well, I mean that's, you, it's basically a private dance. Here's yeah, my money. I'm do what I want you to do. Yeah,
2: just that's for any me. you know, that's anywhere. That's anywhere. No. You know, I got so many I got so many clients that have, you know, private rooms for <clears> you know, else since you're not breaking the law, as long as you're not having like cocaine parties in there. Which, <laughs> yeah. Ryan, I Ryan and I would Ryan and I would be heading to. you know, but you know, yeah. as long as you're not breaking, <laughs> as long as you're not breaking the law, you know, you can do whatever you want in there. Uh but I would really do want to speak to you know, it, you're saying like Saudi's terrible wrestling, uh, it is, and I wish it's going to be there when I talk about let's let's think of solutions. Like if people want to see Undertaker, they they want to see Goldberg. I mean that match would have been just as effective. Could you imagine like if you would put make it a six man with the Undertaker with uh with Alistair Black and the Demon versus versus Goldberg, Bobby Lashley, and you know whoever some other thing. Pick- Mm-hmm. know, big muscle head guy. Yeah. Made it a six man. Let your young workers go in there, do the work. You got the big entrances already, and then you just have that one moment where you have Undertaker yeah. goldberg. You get your spear and your tombstone, and, and now everybody's safe. Wait, wait, and then you got the rub to all those young people in there.
1: Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, uh, just, uh, they, well, I just they it, I guess they I can't look. What they paid for. Yeah. You know. Uh, uh, now. I mean,
2: how cool! How cool would that have been for the entire world? Yeah. To see the demon. Undertaker and Alistair Black standing there, like in a ring, getting ready to go against Goldberg's team. You know,
1: you're, you're making too much sense now, Rick. You're making too much sense. Uh, so, bringing that back around, are we past the point of no return now to be able to do this lesser, less is more approach? Uh, they, can they even go that route now, or are they just they're they're too far in now?
0: They can, they can control their schedule on WWE Network. They yeah. don't have to do a, a premium show every month if no. they don't want to. That's totally their call. Yeah. They have to produce X amount of hours for box. They have to produce X amount of hours for USA. Yep. So the, the cutback will be on their own, I guess, in-house product. Yeah. Uh, and I'm with Rick about, I just, at this point, <laughs> I can't see how they're making any money on house shows unless it's in merch. I, you got to be yep. taking a bath on some of these little towns that they're mm-hmm. playing. Um, the one that was here a couple years ago, I bet there was 2,000 people in an 8,000 seat arena. You know, I'd, I'd be fine with them eliminating the house show schedule. Yeah, uh, Completely. Just uh, keep TV. That's what you're good uh, at.
2: One of the problems there that they have these multi year deals built in with these arenas for the lockdown. Yeah. But they're only going to get in there. You know, a lot of people were saying, why wouldn't AEW run the All State instead of the Super <laughs> Bowl? They can't. Yeah. They're locked out.
1: Yeah.
2: You know, you've got those things locked in there. And we sit and joke. We sit and joke about all these open seats and the tarps everywhere. They're still. They, they might. They might still. I don't know all the numbers there. They still might be making a turn on that because they've got these deals locked in. Hmm. You know, and it's so cheap to run these arenas. And and if you do scale back and even start running smaller arenas, you worry about that public. You know, what is the bigger backlash? Like, okay, now they're filling them, but they they went to a Ring of Honor arena.
1: <laughs> you can't win either way, right? Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. yeah. You kind of run into that thing. Maybe. Maybe they're hoping they run through this trend, and that is really—that's really a great question. You know, is there any going back right now? And with original content so. that they're trying to put out, I almost wonder—is—is you know, is there such a demand on the network for original content? That's a great question. Yeah, I
1: don't—I don't see question. that. I, I, huh?
0: I've never watched Ride Along or any of those other crappy shows they put out. I just—I don't see it.
2: And, yeah. and a lot of that goes into, you know, that's Vince and Bucky thinking that they're beyond, you know, they're even beyond sports entertainment now. They want to be Hollywood. They, they, they want to be the E-Network because they saw the early success yeah. of Total Devos, and, you know, and, and they envy yeah. the Kardashians so much. They think that people want, you know, and they see that they're getting their, their butts kicked weekly by what's on MTV. Teen Mom is smoking him you know, on, on Monday nights or love and hip hop is, you know, smoking up. So they think they can, they can duplicate that. But I don't think people are tuning in for that at its very base. No. The, the true wrestling fan is, it wants to be there to see professional wrestling. Yeah. I, I've always questioned because it just came to mind uh, with ring of honor, how they're syndicated with Sinclair, all these different channels, they've got a uh, stadium TV is a channel. I don't know if you guys have this in your area. No. But they run classic Ring of Honor. They run classic Ring of Honor three-hour blocks every night. And it's like CM Punk, AJ yeah. Styles, Samoa Joe. It's, it's cool. I, whenever I'm Cincinnati, I'll sit and tune into it. I wonder what the comparison would be in ratings, even if you ran old-school Raw at like 1 to 3 in the morning to see if people would tune into that more than what they are right now on their in their prime slots for the program going on right now. Because – I, would, I turned I, I got rid of my network uh i i did pick it back up because i was gone for three months and they sent me this deal where i can pick it up for three months for 33 cents a month I said, <laughs> okay i'll do that yeah uh but <laughs> but i was mad because i wasn't getting you know i i wanted to see awa i wanted to see the global wrestling federation mm-hmm. i want to see all that old stuff old war class and they they've got those in those libraries they're not releasing really them yet
1: no yeah, uh, I gotta I say, you know, with the the WWE membership, which yeah, still got it, you know, I, I find myself way more often going back and watching the old school stuff, like the AWA stuff, like the old WCW tapes. Because I was a WCW kid, you know, I watch that way more than going back and watching the recent pay per views. I don't even touch those.
2: The only ride along I want to see is is when the Usos got a DUI. That's the only one I care about. I <laughs> what they're listening to or what they're they're playing pedal in the car. No, pretty,
0: pretty <laughs> <interesting>. <laughs> you know. You know. The funny thing is, you were talking about earlier, and, and I, I forgot to mention this. As you were talking about, you know, the cool factor and everything else. A lot of this pay per view is is a great example of how uncool Vince. Is, you know, hmm. kicking ass and taking names. That's about a thirty year old expression. Yeah. The other night, I'm watching, and I heard Shane drop the line. They call me Mister Fahrenheit. In a promo. <laughs> well, that's a Queen song from like 1979 or what? You know, where uh, all of these references they're making are yeah. like stuff that was lame when I was like 15 or 16. So I yeah. can imagine yeah. like a 15 or 16 year old kid now yeah. what they have to be thinking. So yeah, I just think I think yeah. now you, that might be part of the problem. There's so much content that yeah. they've run out of all their good Fonzie mm-hmm. lines. You
1: know why? You know why they, they do it? And I'll pay I'll pay for you know why they do it, guys? And and, I, and I'll, I'll pay for the censor bleep. It's because it's such good. Sh- it's such good That's
0: why. Yes. Yeah. Ask Ambrose. I mean, Moxley.
1: Yeah. All right. So, but before we uh, end up talking about the Kardashians again, because uh, Rick uh, mentioned them by name, and uh, we kind of pride ourselves about not talking to the Kardashians on this podcast, we'll start wrapping things up for this week before it comes up again. Before we go... Tell us a little bit more about the position.com for those who might be new to uh, listen to the podcast here.
0: Well, we always say it's telling the stories of pro wrestling storytellers, and that's because we really don't rely on rumor and innuendo. It's mostly opinions. You guys' podcasts, of course, appear there, and a lot more uh, in-depth features on people. We uh, have, the, uh, I guess, the, the privilege or the distinct pleasure of knowing a lot of industry insiders, so we're able to get a lot of exclusive stuff right from the mouth, from from God's ma- uh, mouth to our ears, I think is the way I like to put it. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, and, and we're graced by the presence of Turnbuckle Talk and the Hitting the Marks podcast. So not only do we have great content, but our friends provide us with great content as well.
1: Absolutely. And if uh, you guys are hearing Rick for the first time, Rick, tell us more about you, what you do over at the Hitting the Marks and uh, everything else that you do over there.
2: Well, this is the first time you are hearing, it's me, it's me, the harder of me, Rick Vickery. You are very welcome for the listening pleasure that I was able to provide you this this afternoon or whenever you're picking up this podcast. But you can keep up with all things Rick Vickery across all social media platforms at The Real RBV. And as a part of, you know, along with Turnbuckle Talk, they are with us on the Hitting the Marks podcast network at KittyMarks.com. You can check out me and my podcast partner Michael Jarko, along with our incredible lineup. Uh, we're up to about seven days, of, you know, seven days a week, the entire week, daily programming. It, we we we, uh, we kind of define ourselves on diversity. We're going to give you everything and anything that you need from around the world of professional wrestling. Uh, but Big Joe, you, you guys said you you don't like talking about the Kardashians. You know who loves the Kardashians?
1: Oh, I, I can take a wild guess.
2: The Mr. NBA. Mr. Ricochet, because he loves <laughs> a big butt. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh,
0: don't have his energy, bro. All right, I don't have RBV's
2: energy today. I I know, right? With him. I know, right? Yeah, we, we got the PW hustle. We got uh, tables, answers chairs. We got the, the Russell podcast with Robin Nelson. I mean, we got everything covered over there. Absolutely. And, and of course, we are we are very very proud and always excited and honored to be associated with Ryan over there at thegrilleddecision.com.
1: Absolutely. And before we do go, uh, we'll give uh, Carl. Uh, he's going to kind of appear on the here, and he's going to tell us a little bit about our sponsors. We have two sponsors currently. We have HypeCityVapors.com. Go and check them out for some amazing flavored e-juice for your vape. Use promo code JK Podcast. Get 15% off your entire order. As well, check out collar and brand.com Today I am wearing my collar and elbow brand hat as well as my basic white and black collar and elbow brand mirror logo t-shirt. Go and check them out. Founded by professional wrestler Al Snow. Use promo code JKpodcast at the checkout and receive 10% off your entire order, including new and clearanced merchandise. All right, guys, well, that wraps up for this week. Thanks for uh, being with me, uh, Ryan and Rick here. Always a pleasure to talk to you guys, and we will see you guys on the next one. <laughs>
0: This is Ryan Bowman, editor-in-chief of thegorillaposition.com, telling the stories of pro wrestling storytellers. And you're listening to Turnbuckle Talk with Joe and Carl.